Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning into another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So today, I was actually going to start this episode by screaming, and it was actually going to be a frustrating scream at myself, but I thought, that's going to sound pretty odd. Plus, for anyone who is new and just subscribed to Find Your Voice, you're going to think, what the hell is this guy on about? And the reason I was actually going to start it that way was because... I made a mistake. Now I'm 61 maybe episodes in and I've been doing this now pretty much since the start of the year so around February time and I still make mistakes every single day and I have to apologize firstly to Chelsea but also to the listeners because yes this was going to be our first YouTube episode that we were going to put out so it is on the YouTube channel so please do check that out because I think at the minute it's just me and my mom that watched that so it would be nice to get a third person to have a look at it but secondly I forgot to press record for the audio so please bear with us if the quality isn't what you've expected from the last few shows but in terms of the content and the stuff that Chelsea talks about is absolutely fantastic. I am so so happy and I'm so proud of the work that she's doing that I'm just very grateful that she came onto our show to share her story because the work she's doing for the You Take 10 project is going to change lives. It's going to massively change the conversation and I promise you it's going to be something that is going to take not just changing the conversation of mental health but the stigma around suicide and the conversations that we should be having with each other to another level. So I'm really excited. I've edited the audio version ever so slightly compared to the actual YouTube one which is extremely raw so you're going to see me making a lot more mistakes and probably actually screaming as well but on this one I've tried to condense it ever so slightly and I just hope you take so much value and please do follow Chelsea's journey after this show because she's not just an amazing soul but she's trying to do amazing things in the world and I just believe that if we all work together in terms of sharing this message in terms of helping those in need being kind to one another supporting one another and having that honest conversation when we need it then I just think the world would be in such a better place so I'm going to stop rambling now and I hope you enjoy this episode I know I did I spent absolutely hours editing it but it was worth it because Chelsea's message is absolutely fantastic so without further ado let's get this interview on the way okay I'm delighted to have Chelsea on today's episode of find your voice Chelsea how are you doing today I'm great I'm I'm very happy to be here with you today fantastic well thank you for taking time out of your day to come on and share your story I think we recently it was probably about a month ago we started speaking on Instagram but your story really resonated with me for a few reasons actually and what I want to do is obviously give you a chance to tell that story to the listeners if you wouldn't mind and just a little bit about yourself as well because I want them to obviously get to know you. So I guess a little bit about myself. Um, I am from the New England area um, of the United States originally and I've always really um, been somebody who likes to be uncomfortable, I guess you could say. And I just think that's that's been something I've I've gone out of my way to do, whether it's being a little girl doing theater or whether it was, you know, trying to lead different types of projects, you know, in college and being involved. And um, I went to school for community health. And so 
I always felt like I wanted to help people. And okay. that was something that has always been, uh, that's, that's just always felt like my purpose. And, I, and I've never really known how I would actually help people, essentially, and how I would do that. Um, Because I didn't go into the community health field after I graduated. I actually went into sales. And, and, you know, I came from uh, a home that wasn't incredibly stable. Um, You know, both of my parents uh, struggle with um, mental illness. So my mom struggled with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And then my dad, he struggles with bipolar disorder as well. And so I bounced around homes a lot. You know, I lived with a lot of different family members. But mental health was always something that was very present in my life, but it was something that seemed super out of the norm and like nobody else could really relate to. I just remember in elementary and middle school, my dad, he had his own painting business, but we lived with my grandparents. It was funny because we lived in this town. It is one of the wealthiest towns in Rhode Island. And then, you know, and obviously my dad kind of struggled with his business and so I, my best friends came from like families that were doctors and that kind of stuff. And then I, I would look at my family dynamic and I'd be like, this is so different. Like, you know, and I, and I never felt like I could really talk to my close friends about maybe some of the things that I would see or some of the feelings that I would experience because it was, not, it was always like, well, you just don't get it. And, and I knew that it was, it was kind of a scary subject. So it was something that I just never talked about. So fast forward, however many years, 10, 15 years out of college, I decided to move to the West Coast um, just to try something totally different. I was thinking mm-hmm. either West Coast or out of the country. Um, but my senior year of college, I spent a couple months in India and I was like, I don't really want to do the Peace Corps anymore. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So it made me decide to stay. Um, But I just wanted to try something new. So I moved just to the West Coast. Um, I basically jumped almost immediately into sales, um, which I became super focused on. I went as far as to open up my own sales business. And then it was something that was really stressful. Um, It was something that took a really heavy toll on me. But I was so focused on making it work when it in hindsight it didn't even almost seem possible with some of the cards that I was dealt and so you know there'd be nights like I'd spend like four nights a week like in my car like crying for 30 minutes (laughs) before I went inside just to be like let me like let this out and then you know working 80 to 100 hours a week it just like a lot of stress So I wasn't thinking about my mental health. I was just thinking about surviving. And I was thinking about, I was thinking about my business every single day. And I pretty much neglected every other thing. Well, my mom, unfortunately, she ended up uh, taking her own life. And when that happened, it really felt like the whole world kind of crashed on me. My mom and I, we had a really shaky relationship pretty much almost my entire life. Um, I'd say probably of the, my mom passed away when I was 25. So I'd say of the 25 years, my mom was probably like physically involved and present for maybe seven of those years, like on and off, maybe eight, something like that. So there was like a lot of riffraff, I guess you could say. And it just, it it really, all of a sudden when she passed, I was like, it kind of all crashed down on me. And it, it all of a sudden made me think about 
my own mental health. And it made me realize, wow, like I haven't focused on it at all. But when it's so evident and clear in my family and in my history and, and everything around me, and then I'm looking at my mental health just over the past, like, year of me constantly feeling like I'm about to have a breakdown. I was like, this is it. Like, I got to make changes. Um, so then I decided, you know, to to totally switch careers. <laughs> um, and I, I stayed in sales, but very low key. Like, I felt like I was just like chatting with somebody even doing sales. So yeah. it was like super easy. And then about probably, um, so my mom passed away in September. And then I remember it was January and I was sitting on the floor of a friend's apartment and I was talking about how I wanted to do something as a healing purpose for myself. And it started off as an idea of doing a photo shoot tribute to my mom, because if you're to see pictures of my mom, it's like almost like creepy how similar we look. If you were to look at like pictures of her at my age, it's Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know. So I wanted to do, I wanted to take some old photos and then kind of do a photo shoot. And so I'm sitting around on the floor of my friend's apartment talking about my idea. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, what if we, instead of doing a photo shoot, we tell your story, you know, and, and when we're able to, and that could be like a really therapeutic way for you to do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it came to just like me sharing with my friends at the time of kind of like some of my experiences and then being able to realize that there's a lot of content there and I'm for sure not the only person who has experienced grief. I'm definitely not the only person who has experienced a loss from someone they love who committed suicide. And it became something where it was like, we could have something here. And so that's kind of how the You Take 10 project started. And it's funny because like I, so The You Take 10 project, the mission is to really create love and understanding and and communication around Mm -hmm. the concept of mental health and then suicide prevention and how to tackle those really heavy things like, like how do we talk about grief? Because the way I look at it is from my experience now, grief is like cancer (laughs) because when somebody finds out that, that you've lost somebody who's really close to you, they're like... Oh God. Like, and, and they get so uncomfortable and they don't want to talk about it, but they, they want to support you, but they don't know how. And then it gets really uncomfortable. (laughs) And like for me, and this is like totally just me. I just remember, and it's still to this day when somebody says, I'm so sorry for your loss. There's a couple, I would say there's a very few people who have said it and I could feel like the, the proper intention was there. But I feel like, you know, I'd be in conversation and it would be like I'd be interrupted for somebody to be like, I'm so sorry for your loss, just to try to be like, I'm really uncomfortable, but I need to say something. Right. Um, so so I, that became like a phrase that I really don't like. And, and it's silly because it's, it's coming from the right place. But for me, like I read into interactions with people a lot. I like to keep my circle really small because Mm -hmm. I think that quality is always going to be over quantity at the end of the day. And so I really try to keep only really good people in my direct circle. But anyway, so, so, you know, so basically with you take 10, kind of what we're doing here is, yeah, we're really just trying to talk about these really hard things. And, And the way we're doing this is through a short film 
that we discuss, you know, I, I share my story and then I reached out to whether it's people that I knew really well or people that I didn't really know really mm-hmm. well. And, it, and mm-hmm. it started off with me just on Instagram being like, hey, have you experienced um, any type of mental health issues? Or like, hey, have you experienced losing somebody to suicide? Like, I want to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I've been able to get some interviews from, you know, there's actually one gal um, who's in London, um, which is really cool that I was able to connect with. And then I've connected with people on the East Coast, on the West Coast of the United Fantastic. States, kind of all over. So I think we interviewed about a total of like right around 10 people that we got content from. We just finished all of the editing for this film. And now the challenge is going to be the editing part of it, because our goal is to make the film 10 minutes for you okay. take 10. But we probably have, um, I'm going to say, maybe like six hours of content. So we were just about to start the editing process, which is mm. going to be like really crazy. Um, but I'm really excited about it. And so the goal is once we release this short film, for me, I really want to start getting into the local schools in my area. I'm based out of Portland, Oregon. So I want to start getting into schools in the Portland area to talk to, you know, the middle schoolers and talk to the high schoolers mm-hmm. and even like dull it down. But, you know, talk to elementary school kids and just say like, hey, when when something feels really off, like that's when we need to talk about it. Yes. Like when you feel like really um isolated and you feel really lost like you got to talk about those things um just because you know especially in oregon like oregon and washington i don't know how much you know about climate but it rains like all the time in the winter time mm-hmm. like it's no better here by the way <laughs> all right yeah yeah and so it's just kind of sad like to be around like mm. when i moved it was june and it was sunny and beautiful and i was like I don't know what these guys are talking about with like all this rain and because like it literally maybe rained twice in the entire summer but then by the time like october november hit i was like holy cow, this <laughs> <Yeah>. sucks. <laughs> so um so yeah and, and, and in places where you know seasonal affective disorder is so much more prevalent um suicide rates are a lot higher Oregon actually just recently passed um, a bill for students to have mental health days which is so awesome but but there's still so much work that needs to be done. And I think that just creating conversation in a really authentic way is really important. And then being able to partner with local businesses and try Mm. to do community events. Like I, I love events. I think that's, that's really fun. And so just trying to get my, my, uh, my community really involved. And, And the end goal is really to be able to do a TED talk, I heard it's pretty easy to get into TED Talks in Portland. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like really rooting for that. Um, <laughs> but just to just to make people feel comfortable, because at the end of the day, I can't even tell you how many people I've talked to about this project or I've shared my story um, with them. And it's like every single time, like, and I kid you not, every single time I've I've talked to somebody about my experience, um, they can always relate in some way. So whether it's them themselves struggling with mental health, whether it's a friend who has attempted suicide, whether it doesn't even matter what it is, but it, it affects everybody, then why aren't we talking about it at the end of the day? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So I was taking notes because, well, mental notes, and I tried to scribble a few things if it makes any sense. Firstly, just like what you're doing there, having gone through what you've gone through is amazing. And you've touched on it right at the end there is, by just opening up that conversation what you're doing is you're, you're going to create a ripple effect and a conversation I'm very excited for you so I was going to ask you a lot of questions which you actually answered and one of the things that I'm actually excited for you about is just very recently 
I had a conversation with a young guy. He's the uh, same age as my younger brother, who's nine years younger. And he opened up to me and he just says that by listening to my podcast, Find Your Voice, he has now changed the conversation that him and his friends have, i.e. including my brother's circle. So rather than talking about sex, drugs and rock and roll, they're now talking about how are you feeling today? Or for some reason, I was feeling really anxious. Like, what is this overwhelming feeling? And I just thought that was it was a massive, massive achievement for what I wanted for this show. And hence why I will share my vulnerabilities on here. I think it's amazing that you've finally started to look after your mental health as well. And now sharing yeah. your story. I think that's beautiful. And I mean, I was listening to how you started the story. And there's a couple of things. I mean, you actually enjoy being uncomfortable. That's um, that's quite unique. But I can imagine that it's also exciting because now you're almost like pioneering this new project where you're going to hopefully impact so many, so many people. But what was interesting as well is having seen your parents go through bipolar and mental health, it took until your mom's death, sadly, for you to actually then change. What I want to take from this episode is I want people to start to put their mental health first before any sort of tragedies happen, if that makes sense. And that's always the premise behind Find Your Voice. It's not to wait because you explained there you're sitting in the car for 30 minutes just crying and that's that's tragic, but you're not alone. And I'm glad that you yeah. shared that because there's probably people listening to this right now who are doing the same thing. So it's great to have you on here. You've got the potential there to just help so many people, even if it's just one person listening who maybe their parents are going through bipolar, maybe they're going through bipolar, just to kind of understand that because it is a very serious condition. So how can we help you take 10 to move further and get into more people's eyes? Um, just supporting it. Honestly, okay. I think that, you know, like right now we, we have an Instagram page. So it's at you take 10 project. Um, and it's like you take and then the number 10 project. Mm-hmm. And I guess because at the moment we are still in um, we're in the growing phases. Right. Okay. So we're still editing the film, still building on it. And so we haven't yet entered the where we're able to release it and then mm-hmm. we're able to start doing stuff with it. And and so um, for me, I'm, I'm really excited and anxious to actually have that film done and yeah. be able to actually start getting out to the community and sharing it with people. So just, yeah, just supporting okay. the Take 10 page, I think, is the, the best way to do it. Honestly. OK, fantastic. And what I love about the You Take 10 thing is it is changing the conversation and it's making making people aware that there's certain ways to maybe speak about certain things. So even, for example, when you lose someone, it almost becomes the elephant in the room. And mm-hmm. I, I know that. So I, I'm anxious as it is just having conversations with people sometimes. So if they've gone through trauma or they've gone through something that serious, it's very difficult for me to bring that up in conversation unless I'm drunk. I find it very easy. Or if I've been speaking to her for a very, very long time and I feel like, OK, now's an opportunity. And I guess if you could, I'm not sure if this is obviously I'm not giving you more work, by the way, if there could be ways where you could say maybe actually in this instance, this is the right way to say it, or maybe try this with certain people. I think it would just help people raise awareness because sometimes we want to help and I'm sure there's people out there who want to support people but they don't necessarily know what to do I would have to say honestly I think um it's yeah it's uncomfortable and like there's no way of getting past that but it's not about like I think when somebody starts to think like shit what's the right thing to say yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. and then then the gears start turning just kind of combat and if anything you know, making sure that that when you say it, you're 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 really genuine. But just saying like, hey, you know, if you ever need to talk, I'm here. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing right to say. I think it's more about feeling like a lot of times with my family members and with my close friends, just feeling supported. And sometimes 
I, I just need to talk. And that's how I actually process things. I, I just need to talk things out. And, and I don't even know where I'm about to go with it. But just being able to feel like I'm safe in the space to really let out whatever is on my mind. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's messy and sometimes, you know, I cry and I'm like a super emotional person. So like, you know, I may seem like I have it all together, yeah. but like, no, I like cry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just feeling supported. And I think that, you know, and just to kind of, I guess, comment on that as well. I think that people who are willing to be vulnerable, a lot of times people look at that as, oh, you have it all figured out. And social media makes that really easy to look like we all have those cookie cutter lives. But I I just want to stress to anybody listening is that vulnerability does not mean you have it all figured out. Vulnerability means that you're willing to have these conversations because you want to help yourself, but you also want to help others. And I think that I was recently having a conversation with my family members and, and I think that, and, and I know I'm a really good writer. So I think sometimes I'm able to really eloquently put my words together, like through my posts, mm-hmm. but I like to be honest and, and, and I like to tell people that I'm, I'm still learning. I, I'm yeah. learning every single day. I'm working on my own mental health every single day. Like, you know, it's still, it's definitely not an easy thing, um, but it's something, it may not be easy, but it's something that I've decided to really commit myself to because it basically like slapped me across the face. And then it was like, okay, like now's the time to start putting in the work. And so I really encourage people to put in the work for themselves. And so whether that means you know, doing some type of going to see a therapist, like sometimes medication is the right option for some people. Sometimes therapy can even be just like getting outside or sometimes therapy can be creating art. And that's kind of like what my, like my avenue of therapy has been along with some other options too. But yeah, no, nobody's perfect. Like, and, and it's, it's important to remember that, especially with somebody who's struggling with mental health and on social media, because it's really easy to seem like everybody else has it all figured out. But like literally nobody does, like even the people who have like a bunch of money and are super successful and everything like they're still having their own battles at the end of the day. And, and just like remind yourself that when you're, you're using those type of medias, because at times like social media can be really hurtful to people. And so just being cautious for anybody struggling with their mental health. Absolutely. I I think that's brilliant advice. And even myself. So when I first started sharing my vulnerability, I I was nervous. I was shy in terms of saying everything that I truly felt. But then what happens is the more you start to say it, then people think, oh, it's it's all right now. He's got it covered. And I'm like, actually, no, I haven't. Like, it's probably gone 1% better. And I still Mm -hmm. get the the same anxiety. I've still got my water here because I get nervous and I get dry. I still have all these little things that people probably don't perceive. And the beautiful thing is, is I can edit a lot of stuff. You can manipulate stuff on social media. You can only show the highlights and stuff. So I think it's really important that you said that because we're all on our own journey. One of the things that I've also recently done, and this might help someone, it might not, is I have had to monitor my time on social media a lot. Mm -hmm. So the whole comparison is a thief of joy, or sometimes you just get so fixated on watching people 24-7 that I'm like, okay, I need to concentrate on my purpose and what I want to do. So I tend to create more content. And I like to engage with all the people that have been on my show, friends, even like yourself. Now, I follow a lot of your stuff. And that's kind of where I stay because we're all kind of trying to do the same movement. And I think that's where I'm going to be better mentally. Again, for some people, it might be inspirational. It might be motivational. 
But when I see some people who have this amazing life and I have that funky day because I have a lot of funky days where I'm thinking what's going on in my head, I'm battling with my thoughts, it's difficult. And I just want to ask you then, you're saying you're obviously managing your mental health right now. Could you give us some tips, like maybe two or three things that you do on a daily basis that's kind of like a non-negotiable? Um, well, I think creating a routine is key um, because when you're able, like, because for me, at the end of the day, it comes down to it's all the little things that add up to making you feel better. And so, you know, for me, I getting outside is really important to me. I, I always feel so much better, just like, and even if it means in Portland, throwing on a rain jacket and going for a walk, <laughs> like, that's okay. And like, you know, so I, I would say definitely being outside, I have... I've strangely enough become a really big introvert, which most people wouldn't believe by just mm-hmm. seeing like any of my stuff. But um, in the past year, I've become a lot more of an introvert. But even with that, I acknowledge the the importance of me spending quality time with myself and being able to not feel guilty when I'm not doing something. Because I think coming from a high intense sales business, I always felt like I had to be doing something. And then so when I first came out of it, you know, and I shut down my business and that was like kind of like a low blow itself, I would have these moments where I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm a piece of crap because I'm not doing anything. <laughs> right. Mm. Um, and it's totally not like that. Of I course. Would, like, it, you know, and so on the days where I like, for example, this past week, I was at a work conference and I was freaking exhausted. Like when I got back and yesterday I I had like a super self-care day. I just like was able to sleep in till 8.30, but like that's like <laughs> And then being able to, you know, just um, take a nap because like I hadn't slept. I haven't been, I don't really sleep. So like, yeah, taking a nap is really awesome and not feeling guilty about those kind of things. So like listen to your body, what it needs. And, and also like eating habits, I think are really important because mm-hmm. I feel a difference when when I'm eating like crap versus eating really well. So I was jacked when I got home and I was like, man, I'm going to eat this whole bag of kale. It's going to be great. Cause I went from like eating steak dinners and stuff at my conference. So like, mm-hmm. I just felt like crap. So just being really mindful of your body. And then also I, I do spend like a designated quiet time just to like be with my own thoughts. I, you know, listening to your podcast too. It's so funny. Everybody talks about medic or um, meditation And I guess like my quiet time is almost my meditation. And then also gratitude is something that I practice on a daily basis. So I think practicing gratitude has been has been probably the number one thing which has gotten me through some of my hardest times. I just remember living in Seattle in sales, not Mm -hmm. making money, uh, wondering how I was going to like be able to eat lunch that day and being really stressed out. But then like driving, you know, to the location and then seeing Mount Rainier, which is like so beautiful. And I came from the East Coast. So like we don't have mountains like over there. We've got like hills. Um, Just seeing like that mountain and I would be like and it's just so beautiful. And I would literally like pause for a second in my car and I'd say, I'm so grateful to live in such a beautiful place. I'm so grateful to have a roof over my head. I'm so grateful to know that I'm alive today. And, you know, and and then last or when I got home um, on Friday night from the conference, I like got in bed and it's like, 
I'm so grateful to be back in my own bed. I'm so grateful to have my kitty. I'm so grateful to have my sheets and my blankets compared to like the, those crappy ones at the hotel. Like I'm so grateful to feel safe in my home. And and it becomes more that I'm 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 checking myself of yeah, things can be really hard and like things are always going to be hard at the end of the day in some area. Like nothing's ever going to be like a breeze. But if you're able to focus on the really good things, it's a mind shift thing. And and, it, and that's what's able to really push you to the next level to say, hey, like this may suck right now, but it honestly could be worse. And I think that's been I think gratitude is probably like the number one thing for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think gratitude is something that I've incorporated a lot more recently as well. What I found interesting there was you said you went from an extrovert to an introvert. There's always, I suppose, it's just a common, maybe a misconception that you're either born one or the other. But obviously things can happen in your life that can obviously change you probably one way or the other. I'm a complete introvert. My wife's the same. I mean, we laugh because we'll almost make plans when we're excited and then we're kind of praying those plans fail or get cancelled <laughs> like last minute. And we'd rather just sit there like kind of with ourselves. And we're always laughing about that stuff. But then at the same time, when I'm with people, I do enjoy that conversation as well. So I'm kind of like trying to figure out what I actually am as well. But just touching on some of the stuff you said there, there's an episode coming out by a guy called Anthony Bennett, who's got an incredible story. And he said something very similar to what you just said. He says he has a conversation with the three most important people to him, me, myself and I, effectively what you're saying with yourself. And it was really interesting the way he said that because it, it got me intrigued. And he was saying that he kind of has that time to really understand himself, like who he is, who he isn't and just really knowing where you want to go. And I think maybe it's because we're getting wiser and hopefully as we're getting older. <laughs> I we're hope having, so. Yeah, absolutely, we're having that. And I think that's kind of where the world has I mean I I sit back and I think before social media because I was around at that time as well going through university you were in your thoughts a lot more you were a lot more present in the moment and then all of a sudden in such a short space of time things have just massively gone to a point where we're like this all the time myself included and it's like we forgot that now it's almost like we're trying to strip that back and I can't explain the importance of just spending time with yourself so like you mentioned with the meditation I don't sit there like this I don't do none of that. (laughs) My thoughts are crazy. I mean, I can never control them. I find solace in sometimes just sitting there and just, okay, what am I thinking about? Or if I go to the gym, I just have that moment, put a bit of music on if I need to, and that's it. So I I think that's brilliant. That's probably certain things people can do. I'm going to tell you off because I think you should be concentrating on your sleep. You said you didn't (laughs) sleep. You have to prioritize that because sleep is like unbelievably important and I I used to do personal training a long time ago and everyone was all about nutrition and exercise but sleep is probably the most overlooked one because it can have such an impact on your life so get to sleep yeah I've been doing research and everything so it's been a Mm. journey I've been focusing on I would say so I've changed like my nightly routine I've changed my vitamin intake I've Mm. done all these crazy things and it's it's funny just because because I went to the doctors and, and they basically told me too that with grief you know, sometimes the second year of grief can almost be harder than the first because the first year you're just like trying to like truck through and be like, it's okay. Like, you're like, I'm going to get through this. And then all of a sudden the second year, you kind of like let go a little bit and you kind of like, okay, it's been a year. And then all of a sudden the physical ailments can start to kick in too. So I think that's kind of been some of the reason why it's been a struggle, but I'm definitely 
working on it because I, yeah, not having sleep makes me feel crazy for sure. (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, you've you've obviously got a valid excuse there. I mean, that's really interesting hearing about the second year, but I suppose it makes logical sense because we are in that moment where we're trying to think, okay, we just need to battle through this moment um, and then it hits us. So, yeah. Okay. So just segue in ever so slightly then, Chelsea. So you've been through quite a bit in your journey. You've had ups and downs. You've had these moments where you wasn't looking after yourself. Unfortunately, you've seen your parents struggle with health issues as well. At this particular time now, then, what's your biggest fear? Um, I almost want to say that my biggest fear almost seems irrational because my biggest fear would, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but mm-hmm. my biggest fear would be to be like, to be like my mom, um, in a sense where, okay. you know, she, um, she just didn't to just see her constant struggle and like because when she passed I remember it was the week um so I went home for the week and um my mom you know very end of her life was was very rough um and she was living out of her car and there was a manila envelope in her car and it was filled with her medical records from years on years and years and so I just flipped through these medical records and my mom had experienced a lot of trauma. Um, she experienced um, a lot of struggles with mental health and it was like a constant battle for her to even feel worthy of life. And it now makes a lot of sense why she wasn't present in a lot of my life is because she, she, she didn't even really want to be there in the first place and not just there with me but there and so I guess my biggest fear would to be and I I don't even have kids but to not be or to become a parent who couldn't provide the love and presence and and the support to their child because I just, I, I want to be that perfect mom one day. I totally see myself as a mom. Like that's like for sure going to happen one day, who knows when, but I want to be able to provide my, my little girl or little boy or whoever they turn out to be um, with that love and support and stability at the end of the day. I just want to be able to provide stability and, and stability has been something throughout my entire life, which has been kind of shaky. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally at a point where I've got a pretty stable job and, you know, and there's, there's a lot of other stable things in my life. So just maintaining that for, for my future little one to make sure that they always feel safe and loved. And I was really fortunate enough that the last time I physically saw my mom was the best time I literally had ever seen her. Um, And so I hold on to that memory for dear life because my mom, like when she was in a very, mentally stable place she is completely beautiful soul thank you for sharing that i love that so you take 10 we're back to that now so have you got dreams to do other things honestly like you know um i really am looking forward to seeing where you take 10 goes because Mm -hmm. i don't really know where it may go like like i said i you know public schools like getting into public schools and even private schools you know, I think is really important in talking to kids. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to having that interaction with those mm-hmm. kids. Um, and then just community events, just getting people involved. And I think I, I just 
think something big is going to yeah. come of it. I really have no idea. Um, That's exciting. <laughs> That's exciting. It, it's very exciting. And I've been really blessed for some of the people that I've been working with. You know, I met the gal who was, who's been filming the project for me. Her name's Rainey. Um, her brand is called Lost Portal. And she's like one of the most creative and amazing people that I know too. And so, and I think because of this project, I've been able to connect with so many people and create so many resources. And and for me, I, I do feel like I'm really humble when it comes to this because I don't I don't want to ask for anything from people because I don't think that's that's not the purpose. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of things have just come to me with this project, which has been um, a really big blessing. And so. Just with the momentum I've already been able to gain with it and the page is only just growing, um, I'm yeah. really excited to kind of see where it goes. And and just as a kind of a side note, it's funny because I, I was trying to work on it. So social media is really new. I mean, I've always had a personal, you know, social media, but I've never like tried to like grow my personal yeah. social media. I was kind of just like, yeah, friends from college, cool, whatever. But I just remember trying to grow the You Take 10 page and I, I remember I came across your personal page. And I remember looking through your stuff and I was like, wow, this guy's really awesome, you know, doing a couple comments or whatever. But I remember seeing, I, I don't know how many followers you had. And I remember thinking to myself and I was talking to my friend Mickey about this. She's um, Mickey Taylor. She's the one who um, doing the song. And I was like, yeah, I figured he'd never respond to me because people hmm. have so many followers. And it's such a disconnect. And she's been really Absolutely. pushing me because she's been like, no, like they're real people. And maybe it's because I'm a little bit jaded on social media. Mm. So I've been trying to like break out of that too. But it's been so cool just the support that I've been able to receive. And so many people have reached out to me being like, thank you for doing what you're doing. And it's like, I mean, thanks for listening. And that's Mm. the way I I, I feel about it. Just thanks for for listening and being a part of the journey in, in some way, shape or form. Mm, absolutely it's it is amazing i'm actually really really excited for you and i do think you should try and think about those episodes putting them onto a podcast format as well yeah. because like i said when i started this i had no idea where it was going to go and if my first year goes i got those within about six weeks in terms of how many listens and stuff and it just kind of went beyond expectations but like similar to yourself i've just met some of the most amazing people i could ever meet and i think when we're on a journey especially the journey that you're on as well where we're actually trying to make a significant impact. We're not here to make any any sort of money or gain any sort of fame or anything. It's literally to try and help people because we've seen pain, we've been through pain, and now we want to try and make sure other people don't go through that pain. You get those kind of people supporting you. So I know more states probably in America, and I've never visited them because I've met some amazing <laughs> people from America, and I've got a huge yeah. following in America. Um, and it's incredible. Like, like even this conversation now, we would never normally have it if it wasn't for, obviously, social media, which... Earlier, we were saying it has its bad points, but at the same time, it definitely has its good points. And yeah, I would be excited. And I think if you can blog, there'll be people who maybe don't want to watch videos or listen. They just want to read. So um, just have a look into that as well, just to spread your message ever so slightly. I'm excited for you. I'm going to segue now into what I call the fun part of the show. It's the 60 to 90 seconds of quick fire rounds. So um, whenever you're ready, I'm going to get started. All right. We'll start with an easy one. Your favorite song. My favorite song, um, Tom Petty. Last chant, dance with Mary Jane. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? People who are not kind. I'd, I'd get rid of them as well. <laughs> what is your favorite book? The Magic of Thinking Big. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? I'm really good at theater. Who is your biggest role model? Probably my dad. What would you like to be remembered for? Making an impact in my community. What is your biggest goal this year? Putting out You Take 10 and then starting, um, 
getting into school systems and starting community. Fantastic. Your favorite color? My favorite color? Ooh, um, I've always said that my like soul colors are fuchsia and yellow. But yeah, probably yellow, maybe. Brilliant. If you could relive one day again, what day would it be? It would be the last day that I spent with my mom. The ability to fly or be invisible? Fly. The one thing that annoys you? My irritability driving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Money or fame? Maybe fame. Your favorite food? Kale. <laughs> That's interesting. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? So the introvert in me says the animals, mm-hmm. but the, the, the desire to connect with people on a very human level mm-hmm. would be all languages. So that's a toss up, honestly. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> if you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Outside. Your biggest addiction? At the moment, coconut water. And finally, <laughs> your number one piece of advice to the youth today? Continuously work on positive affirmations with yourself in the mirror every single day. And yeah, consciously working on loving yourself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great message and actually Anthony's episode that I mentioned earlier well it's going to be obviously before this one he speaks about becoming best friends with yourself more so with your thoughts and I thought that was a really important lesson yeah, yeah I loved it. it it was amazing I think especially you're going to be doing amazing things for schools if we can just instill that in children to recognize that actually as long as I'm my own best friend then I'm always going to be all right I think that'll be really powerful so some good answers there. Um, kale was very interesting because I eat kale <laughs> because of the health benefits, but I don't necessarily like it. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's a good choice. <laughs> it's healthy. So that's fine. OK, Chelsea. So we're going to talk about reflection next. And I'm a very firm believer that the journey teaches a lot. And in hindsight, we can kind of think of ways to get to where we are quicker, faster or with less heartache. So knowing every single thing that you know now, if you could maybe take yourself back to a younger Chelsea, maybe when you were at the best of times and you were struggling, what would you say? I would tell myself that you are so much stronger than you even have any idea. I think that as a little girl, I had so much doubt in myself. And I think like, you know, I've I've really worked on loving myself as an adult. But as a little girl, I, I always felt scared. And I always, you know, wondered about, I always judged myself really harshly. And I would just like, I would really just tell myself, like, you are so strong and you are so kind and those things will surpass money. Those things will surpass the struggles. You'll get the right things from Mm. being a good person. Absolutely. I love those lessons. And I just think, I don't know, maybe this is just me being a little bit negative, which I try not to be, is that society doesn't really kind of get us ready for life when we move forward mm-hmm. and it's totally. those yeah absolutely it's those simple lessons that you just said there is going to really help us move forward so uh, and on that note it does bring us to the last question so the last question as you know because you listen to the show is about legacy so if in 150 years time science fails to save us and all that exists is a book and this book is about you it's about your life and all the amazing weird and wonderful things that you've done firstly what would the title of the book be and secondly what would the summary at the back tell us about you Oh, crap. I didn't prepare for this one. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, the title of my book would have to be Kindness Matters Matched with Growth. No, Kindness Matters Matched with Uncomfortability. And the summary would talk about something along the lines of saying that 
kind of the journey of finding purpose mm-hmm. and the journey of finding in my individual purpose and how everybody has a purpose. They just need to find it. And once you find it, life is able to click. And it doesn't mean it's perfect, but mm-hmm. it means that you become a person that feels more uh, like you have a purpose in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. find your voice. That's pretty much it stands as a metaphor for just finding your way in life. And I always use the tagline and write your own story. So I believe that once we have that, that's pretty much what we do. Fantastic. I'd probably pick that book up then. So that sounds great. <laughs> and just um, just before obviously, I give you a chance to share your social media handles, because I'd love for all the listeners to obviously follow you and support the amazing work that you're doing. Are there any questions that you wish I may have asked you today? Or is there anything that you want to leave the people listening with? I actually wanted to tell you the, how the project got its name. So my mom and I, we communicated a lot through the phone just because, you know, I didn't see her a lot, you know, moving to the West Coast. But whenever we talk on the phone, my mom would always say to me, give yourself a hug for me. And I would always say to her, you take 10. And it's amazing how you take 10 really is. It's really meant to be a reminder for yourself, um, to be a reminder to help other people, to be a reminder just to make sure that you're present with yourself, but also others and, and, and making sure that conversations are important. I love that. I love that message. Thank you for sharing that. And the best place people can connect with you? The best place would be for the You Take 10 page. That's going to be at You Take the number 10 project. Mm -hmm. And then my personal page is Curls with Soul on Instagram. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Fantastic. So what I'm going to do is obviously put all of that in the show notes like I do with all the other episodes. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day from the other side of the world. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is actually our first ever YouTube one. So you're going to see both of our faces. You're going to see me make all all the mistakes. I stumbled a few times, but it is what it is. You know, we share our vulnerabilities. We're all on the same journey. It's exciting. Please do follow the You Take 10 project. I want to thank you once again, Chelsea. I want to thank everyone at home. Thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.